0: Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you.
1: If memory serves, podcast. I really got the geek bug. I'm really geeking
2: out. Well, yeah, but let's not forget, I had the Pac-Man watch complete with the joystick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. Uh, this is our podcast about me and my brother recounting what it was like growing up in the bay area in the 80s and 90s and uh this month we're going to the mall but before we get down there let's say hello to my other half sometimes my better half it's seb how you doing dude
1: I'm doing great. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your slice of Sabaro pizza and get your lemonade from the hot dog on a stick because we
2: are going to the mall. Oh, man. Good old hot dog on a stick who I don't ever think hired a guy.
1: Well, I just love their little hats. <laughs> I mean, it was like they were good enough to, like, guard the Pope or something.
2: Uh, Yes. Yes, it was. I got to wonder, have you ever sat down and, like, searched eBay for a An old hot dog on a stick hat
1: Oh my god, that would just be That would probably be insane I mean, you think about those hats Bobby's wear in England Those police officer hats And like how difficult those are to get I mean, this is probably on that same level
2: (laughs) Yeah, I could see that uh, In a strange roundabout way But, oh god, Sparrow Pizza does sound good right now Mm Mmm Oh, pizza I love carbs more than I (laughs) should Mm -hmm. Me too Yeah Anyway, hey, before we dive into uh, the mall, which was you know, quite the location for everyone uh, when we were growing up, um, I need to give a shout out because um, when we were first kind of pulling everything together to, to make a podcast, I reached out to two different musical artists to try and get permission from hopefully one of them to use their music as our intro and outro music. And um, so I reached out to Batonal landscapes who does Mm -hmm. our music and uh, also reached out to an artist named Morgan Willis. He does some synth wave kind of eighties vibe uh, music. And um, in my head, I kind of, I knew kind of who I wanted more, but would have been happy with both and really expected neither of them to be like, yeah, of course, go for it. Um, But Morgan Willis did come back to us uh, Via Facebook and was like Yeah, sure, go for it Um, And I was like, okay, great And I hadn't heard from Batona Landscapes And then I heard from them And then they were really helpful And uh, very outgoing And and supportive in everything Um, So I wound up having to make The hard choice of going with Batona Landscapes instead of Morgan Willis But I wanted to at least say thanks um, to him for for letting us uh, have permission to use uh, his music. And I want to encourage our listeners, hey, go check him out. Go check out his music. Um, Go check him out on Facebook or or SoundCloud or social media and um, uh, support what he does, because he was at least nice enough to support us, even though we're not ultimately using his music. I might shove a little clip of what we could have used Uh, In here I don't know Wanted to get that out of the way nice and early Amen, thank you Morgan Yeah, for sure Um, So Growing up in The South Bay uh in the san jose area back in the 80s we we had a few different like traditional malls and then we kind of had some you know bigger shopping centers uh that at least we would frequent um but it seems to me like probably the biggest of the mall was
1: valley fair
2: indeed valley fair mall which is now an insane mega mall (laughs) um so yeah, I now I don't know if you remember offhand, but I seem to remember round about October of nineteen eighty four. I think I was getting braces at the time because our dentist was actually very close to or our orthodontist was very close to Valley Fair Mall. Um, I remember being there, kind of round about the time that the mall itself, like the proper enclosed mall, because it was kind of an open air um shopping center before that was opening up but I I seem to remember that but there's they there actually was an entire TV special <laughs> about the opening of Valley Fair Mall.
1: You're exactly right. Valley Fair for people who grew up in the Santa Clara Valley when you say the phrase Valley Fair, you're actually talking about a lot of different things. There was an open air mall dating back to the 1950s called Valley Fair, and then in the mid 1980s, it kind of was uh, reconstructed into what we might now think of as a traditional enclosed mall, and then today, um, you know, for the past maybe twenty years, I think mm-hmm. uh, Valley Fair has been owned by the West, the Westfield Corporation, and now it's kind of even grown exponentially, even larger. So it's almost like there's different um, generations of the phrase Valley Fair, but the one that Tay and I grew up with, I think you'll have to say, is the one from the mid 1980s until the late 1990s when it was um, owned and uh, managed by the Hahn Corporation, and there was a great. Uh, local television news special that aired um, when that inc- incarnation of the mall opened. And let's take a listen to that tape,
0: why don't we? Live from the exciting new Valley Fair Shopping Center in San Jose, it's Valley Fair's Gala Preview. Brought to you with the best wishes of Emporium Capwell, an important part of this exciting new shopping center. Now, here to welcome you is KMTV's. Maggie Scura. The reopening of Valley Fair on October 15th will mark a continuation of the center's history here in the Valley. The new Valley Fair is the union of two centers that were formerly separate. The original Valley Fair, anchored by Macy's, was opened in 1956. Stevens Creek Plaza, which was anchored by the Emporium, was opened as a separate shopping center in 1957. Ten years ago, plans were begun to join the two centers together. That's when the corporate offices of Macy's and the Emporium enlisted the guidance of the Hahn Company as the managing partner in the development of the new mall. The mall has been a year and a half in the construction stage. The initial teardown of the old mall began in March of 1985. All in all, about 200,000 square feet of retail space were torn down to make way for the new Valley Fair. Some interesting challenges confronted Charles Cobra Associates, Los Angeles, the designers of the new Valley Fair. First, the two original centers were at different ground levels, and special accommodations had to be made to join the different heights. Second, the design had to incorporate features of existing stores that were permanent, particularly their placement. So the design of the mall itself became less of a building and more of a bridge. 360,000 square feet of retail space were added to bring the total retail space in the mall to 1.2 million square feet. The bridge was also designed to bend in two places in order to equalize the parking space on each side of the mall. The porticos or large open-air entrances to the mall, were designed to match the large scale of the mall's exterior and to create an initial celebration of entry symbol. Their design is open and airy, as is the design of the mall's interior. Even though the mall is enclosed, great care was taken to preserve a feeling of space and light. A continuous skylight spans the entire length of the mall, 1,400 feet from the front entrance of the Emporium to the front entrance of Macy's. Live trees stretch their limbs toward the incoming daylight and help create the feeling of walking along a city street. What the designers call polychromatic layering means that the interior colors change gradually in hue, from plum to pink to peach, as the levels ascend. The result is a comfortable, warm and relaxed atmosphere for shoppers. But in the end, it is the shops themselves that will attract the customers.
1: Oh, that was just great. You know what? I have to say, the host of that little segment was a KNTV reporter named Maggie Spira,
2: so, yeah. who was.
1: And you know what? I don't know if you know this about me. I had the biggest crush on her when I was a kid.
2: Oh, did you really?
1: I mean, it was even bigger than the crush I had on the mail lady, like who would deliver the mail. Oh my gosh.
2: Well, at least the mail lady was trying to bring you something every day. I don't know about Ma- well. I guess Maggie Spira is at least trying to bring you the news. Oh yeah, she was the best. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I, if now, I'm Tay, not mistaken, are, are, she's still on the air.
1: Um, she does a lot of things. I think she like reads children's stories at like public libraries and things. I should really. Go... Yeah. All so, right. Tate, what are some of your memories of Valley Fair Mall?
2: Oh boy, um, you know if if we're thinking, you know, classic, um, classic Valley Fair from when we were kids. I, some of my just general memories. I always remember trying to go there. I mean, it was probably the day after Christmas because inevitably I would get a gift certificate because they weren't cards then uh, right. to some music store, and I'd run down and and have to spend it right away on uh, you know some cassette. And if it wasn't at <laughs> Valley Fair, it was across the street at. What was it? The Was it the Winchester Shopping Center that had, like, that the big old like look, Pontiac-looking logo and the warehouse right. was there, right? And the warehouse. Go, go hit the warehouse for some music. Right, right. Um, but, gosh, I mean, I, I remember so many things. Jeez, I remember, a, like, Pacific Sunwear. hmm uh-huh. You uh-huh. know, it was, like, the only place outside of Santa Cruz that I could go to get, basically clothes i like i could just i could totally outfit myself from there because they actually sold you know like surf culture clothes because i was really digging into that scene
1: how much did we love surf like clothing and and personally i'd ever like i maybe bodyboarded like once or twice you know i'd always Mm -hmm. get sand in my eye and have to spend the rest of the Santa Cruz vacation, crying in the tent to get the sand out. But it's so funny. I even have those – you remember those old school photos where you'd go to school in grammar school and everybody would get your picture taken and you have your head – like there would be two directions of your head superimposed on one image. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yes. I have have great photos of me like in the fifth grade, but like what I wore to – like the photo shoot it wasn't like a suit or anything it was like the top of like a wetsuit or like it was it's it's the most ridiculous seriously wear
2: like a like a like a rash guard top
1: yeah yeah, one year
2: wow
1: i'm sure i'm sure we probably got it at pacific sunwear at valley fair and it's uh
2: if not we if if it wasn't there we actually got it probably at o'neill surf shop in, in santa cruz
1: that might be true yeah that's true Um, but
2: yeah that was i mean all that kind of stuff it was it was really big i mean you know our folks raised us on you know the endless summer and uh you know rest in peace bruce brown and and all of that kind of stuff um and and we spent a lot of you know time over in santa cruz so so that kind of beach culture was just kind of ingrained with us so but yeah pacific sunware was a place that i loved going to the other kind of I don't know. Clothing place that I actually liked was Banana Republic. Back when they actually sold like, you know, khaki jungle wear, and not (laughs) whatever they do now, which is a a mere shell of what they started as.
1: I I forced mom to buy me like a leather aviator skull cap from Banana Republic because I was convinced at ten years old that I needed one for some reason. Like, just doesn't need that. All right, just in case I found like a rocket pack, like in the Rocketeer movie or uh, something. You know, it's like, Rocketeers. well, I got the skull cap. I'm ready
2: to go. That's right. <laughs> all, I need is, all I need is Jennifer Connelly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> We're good to go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's funny that you mention um, gift, like gift certificates, though, because I definitely have a really strong memory of getting a lot of gift certificates to a, a bookstore in Valley Fair called Brentano's Booksellers.
2: Oh, jeez, yeah
1: and i had the i had the exact same re, or exact opposite reaction as you because what i would do is i would go with my gift certificate and i would try to find like the, the cheapest thing for sale and then get cash back for the rest of the uh, like gift you certificate
2: you game in the system long before i was Right, I would like
1: pay like 39 cents for like a plastic laminated um, tip card where you could like calculate how much tip you should leave. It was like the lowest price thing at Brentano's <laughs> and get like ninety $19.30 back in cash. It was the best, I loved it.
2: That's so funny because I, I mean, I remember going to both Brentano's and B. Dalton and another mm-hmm. bookstore in that area that we'll talk about in a little bit. And and I was always the one, you know, I, was, I, I know I had one summer in particular where like, I did nothing but read. I was just voracious. I just devoured, like, almost two dozen books in a summer. But I really would go after, obviously, the old Doctor Who novels. Right. That was always a big thing for me. And, and you know, you could find them. It was for as unpopular compared to today as Doctor Who was then. Mm-hmm. It was kind of nice to be able to find stuff. And if you're listening to this and you haven't listened... uh with the other podcast i'm on go check out podcastica where we talk about doctor who
1: it's a great show folks thank you
2: oh and speaking speaking of shows i should mention and say thanks to every one of the 38 people who listened to our very first episode last month Woo!
1: this is awesome we can build on this
2: we can we had we had 38 listens for the yeah. month of december um so if you listened Thank you. Uh, if you're just finding us now, go back and listen to the first one. We talk about Christmas. It's cute.
1: Love it. <laughs> now, Tate, is there a particular. Uh, of course, Valley Fair Mall, a lot of the stores in the mall, and that particular mall, um, don't exist anymore, either in the sense that they, they don't exist in that location. Or they, or just those particular franchises have gone out of business, or yeah. been bought out or rebranded. Are there any particular stores in Valley Fair from when we grew growing up that, if you could visit again magically, like what, what would be at the top of your list? Of- um,
2: boy, I think I think I would have two at the top of my list, and I, okay. and I think you could probably guess which two of those would be.
1: Uh, would one be Z-Gallery? Well, Z-Gallery's still there, but,
2: um... Is Z-Gallery well, still there?
1: Well, it it sort of is. It was, like, five years ago, but I don't think it's the... It, you know, it's not the same, you know? I mean, they didn't have the same stuff that we oh, had. Oh, no, but...
2: not, by a, not by a long shot. I mean, this, right. the stuff that, that that place had in the 80s was, you know, avant-garde and off-the-wall and, um... Actually, would would be hugely popular with people who are kind of into that retro stuff right now. Like the, here's here's a chair that's just a giant plastic hand. Right, right. That's what I exactly. want. I want a giant plastic hand grabbing my butt all day long. Um, <laughs> but yes, that would be one of them, and the other one would be, have to be graffiti.
1: Yeah, graffiti's graffiti's and Z Gallery. Those are great answers. Z Gallery. I kind of have the memory of like it was the place where if you wanted to buy a lot of furniture that was like zebra print. <laughs> like that was the place to go yeah um graffiti graffiti is just amazing uh, the, the closest thing that i can equate it to is maybe like a spencer's gifts but it's not even that even doesn't even do it justice it was yeah. it was almost like going into peewee's playhouse <laughs> and it was like if if you if you needed to buy a neon pink flamingo or like an inflatable um palm tree yeah. like this was the place to go and you know, I'm I'm I, I'm ashamed to say I've actually spent more time than I ought to admit on the internet trying to research graffitis because I still to this day don't know, was it a chain? Was it like a one-off store? I have no idea. Maybe I, somebody you know is listening. I uh,
2: literally would have no idea, and I would be curious if somebody out there does know because right. it also would be the kind of thing where if, you'd have to be really particular about your search terms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to try and – located because it's you know graffiti as a as a term is incredibly common
1: exactly not exactly the most helpful uh, search term on Google. <laughs> no. Is true.
2: no now do you
1: remember a store at valley fair called software etc
2: <laughs> you know oddly enough once i saw you put that in the show notes i was like oh my god yeah <laughs> did it software, come back etc remember when we could get stuff on five and a quarter inch floppy disks
1: oh my god it was the best
2: you know, remember when the storage for our computers was less than what we have in our phones now?
1: I loved how when you would buy a video game for a computer system, it came in, like, like a box that was, like, 11 inches by 3 inches by 9 inches or something like this. Like a cardboard box, yeah. I think. And it would contain the software and a manual, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I think if my memory is accurate. Oh, no, um, it's accurate. And I just, I just loved that. Like, you were just getting, like... Like I love the idea of somebody, you know, some team of monkeys trying to figure out how do we sell software. Well, let's just put it in a big box. It's like, oh, okay. You know, today if we want something, we can just hit a button and download it onto our device or whatever. You know, exactly. but the just the physicality of it. I just mm-hmm. love it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, now you
2: actually, you actually worked in Valley Firmall for a brief time when you were when you were younger, right? Um, I I did. Yeah, for actually a very brief time. Um... I worked at, um, oh, Lord, I can't even remember the name of the place, because it really it only lasted about a week. Was it like a
1: pottery barn kind of place?
2: It, it it was. Pottery barn, you know, obviously it wasn't actually a pottery barn, but they sold, you know, outdoor, like outdoor art. It wasn't even outdoor furniture. It's not like there were like patio chairs and stuff, but it was like, mm. oh, hey, here are these... Pots, and here are these fake plants, and you know here's this, and here's that, and yeah, it was a very short lived job mm-hmm. uh in 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 my later I think my later teens, mm-hmm. and it just it was one of those things where like I mean it was my first uh real job outside of a a summer job, literally working at the tech company that mom worked at. Right. I was literally assembling, you know, wires and cables for different <laughs> different things. So this was my only other job after that. I I had zero retail experience. I'm not like I had negative value retail experience. And it, after a week, it was kind of like, yeah, you're you're not working out. I wasn't doing anything wrong, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it was just like they didn't like my vibe or whatever. And so there there it went.
1: Well, but you see, here's the thing I love about that story, though, because for you, Valley Fair, and for me, Valley Fair, it was a place to go for recreational purposes, but um, not only was it one of your first um, job experiences Mm – but it was where I first had my first couple jobs as well. So it's almost like that's another part of our history because I uh, – during high school, I worked part-time at the Hallmark card shop at mm-hmm. Valley Fair, um, which was just a, a trip. I mean it was a great experience, but um, I remember there was this one time – I don't know if you remember. When I was a kid, mom and dad would always try to get me to contract the chicken pox. But for some reason, I could never contract it, so I've never actually ever had the chicken pox.
2: Have you at least had the vaccine?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Back in the 90s, I got vaccinated, right? Yeah, me too. One of my biggest memories of Valley Firmall was of working at the Hallmark gift card shop uh, right after I had been been vaccinated. Um, And this was – I had already been working at the gift card shop for a long time. Um, And I distinctly remember the doctor informing me that I shouldn't be around pregnant women because there's a small chance that – well, after I had been vaccinated and I could pass on the uh, infection to the unborn child and it would be very dangerous. And I don't know about you, but I mean, Hallmark gift card shops, that's like, that's like, um, you know, that's like a magnet for pregnant women. There's pregnant women in there every other day buying stuff. And I felt really guilty, right? So I tried to switch my shift with someone else, but I couldn't do it for some reason. So I mm-hmm. actually had that day, I think it was like a, an evening on a weekend or something, and I, I was really guilt ridden. So I ended up going into work, and I had one of those surgical face masks. And I printed out this sign on our computer at home that I wore around my neck with a big skull and crossbones <laughs> logo and then like this crazy paragraph explaining how I had been vaccinated for like varicella or whatever. Oh my God. And it was great because it was like the quietest like six hour shift i ever worked because people would come in and they would instantly see me behind the counter like looking like some sort of weird like zombie apocalypse survivor and they would immediately leave i mean i'm and it was (laughs) like and like in terms of business like the store probably didn't earn a lot of money that day but i felt so great because i didn't have the guilt thinking geez what if some like poor unborn kid
2: got some sort of disease from me or something that is hilarious and so incredibly you
1: and it's 100 percent true story folks i mean the, the hallmark shop i mean it was so weird because it was like there were so many great things they had for sale there but there were so many things that were terrifying like i would stand at the cash register and behind me was a shelf full of all these little figures these porcelain figures called precious moments
2: Oh God! and yeah.
1: they're like humble figurines but like they have these oversized heads they look like alien heads and everybody loved to buy these things, and I, w- I was terrified of them. I always felt like they were, like, looking over my shoulder or something.
2: Well, they, they technically were.
1: And probably the craziest memory I have is, like, Hallmark had this funky thing called Create-A-Card. It was a series of these kiosks where members of the public could buy uh, holiday cards or greeting cards, and they could personalize them. And And so if you wanted your card that. to say... Yeah, happy birthday Grandma Joe or whatever. You know, instead of writing it in pen, you could type it into a computer and my job was to take the blank card and to feed it into this like super old inkjet printer and it would print out. So, and this was like back in the early 90s where like the idea that something that was like printed on a computer printer instead of written in ink by your own hand was like really impressive mm-hmm. and it was super popular. And I just love that memory because it just kind of shows how people geeked out over technology that we would think was just kind of uh you know kind of quaint today I guess I don't Yeah
2: know. totally What was what was the other place
1: you worked at? well I worked at uh, the museum company oh, um, yeah. and that was fun. I mean they sold so many um That's a cool I think shop. The mus- Yeah uh, they sold lots of licensed um reproductions of paintings, prints and sculptures from museums around the world. Mm-hmm. I think the museum company I think they still exist as an online presence, but they don't have any brick and mortar stores anymore. Really, and I really loved it. It was a great place to meet girls. Um, but to be honest, if I had to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but something we haven't talked about yet is the Nature Company.
2: No, and that's true.
1: The Nature Company. I almost kind of feel that could be its own podcast. I mean, do you have any memories of the Nature Company at Valley Fair?
2: Um, I, I mean, I remember it being there, and I I remember liking it. As a store, I mean, as much as I liked uh, the museum company, but but when I think of the nature company, you know, I I think of um, kind of a mixture between uh, what you might find at a gift shop at a, like a a zoo or an aquarium uh, mashed up with like a Discovery Channel store.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, I loved how when the, the moment you went in, it was like um, they had this, like, they would play um, like music, like the ambiance. Like It was almost like they'd play a CD of, like, the sounds of whales humping or something. <laughs> which was incredibly <laughs> soothing whales. and just, like, tra- immediately transported you to another world. And, oh. like, I loved how you'd, like, get into the back of the store and, like, they'd have, like, you could buy, like, crazy fossils and stuff. Or, That's I, mean, true, I, don't, yeah, they, I do
2: remember those, yes. I
1: mean, I assume they're fossils. I don't know. Maybe they were casts of fossils rather than fossils themselves. But, oh, that was such a great store. I mean, it was just, it was, like, the perfect place to go if you wanted. It was the only place I ever tried to shoplift something, actually.
2: I'm I'm still kind of stuck on the fact that you find the sound of whales humping kind of calming.
1: Well, no, I mean, it was just, it was... It was the lighting, it was the music, it was the smells, it was, this like, the sight of all these... Am- like, I just felt smarter going in there. Like, I just felt like my IQ points just went up five
2: points, like, just being in the store. And and yet you tried to nick something. What did you try to steal? I
1: think it was, like, a small
2: eraser. Like,
1: it was a tiny little... They had, like, a bin of, like, tiny little erasers, each one in a different... Maybe, like, a dinosaur shape or something. Okay. And I picked one up, and, like, the guy, like, the, you know... Um, the cashier guy kind of looked – kind of gave me a stink eye, and I put it back down. So I never, I never, actually, I never actually stole, like, a five-cent uh, eraser. That actually didn't happen. But um, they used to have these pencils where um, – you could buy these pencils from the nature company, and half of the pencil was regular. It was made of wood. There was graphite in it. And you yep. could use that as a pencil. But the other half was, like, a hollow, clear plastic tube into which were inserted – uh, numerous very small polished semi-precious stones.
2: Yeah, I remember
1: top, that well. Yeah, topping it all off it was like an eraser, but the eraser was like the plug, so the stones wouldn't fall out. Or yes. you could take the eraser out and pour the stones out. And like, oh, that was just the best, you know? And it was like it was so good.
2: And and if I remember right, did, didn't didn't when we first were talking about this, didn't didn't we look try to look these up on like eBay I or did. Google Sitem.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think I found a couple, but it was it was interesting because there were some you could buy that were old Nature Company uh, pencils, but uh, I guess whoever uh, retailed those those items, they also vended them or you know sold them to like gift shops at places like the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So you could you could buy one; it was the exact same pencil, but it just had the different logo on it, which makes oh, sense.
2: Guess, yeah, you know? totally, totally. I'm sure there's a catalog somewhere for that kind of stuff, and you could put you know whatever you want on the pencil part. But now, I remember that have... very clearly oh. as a kid. Totally, totally.
1: Now, this is something that I never knew until years after I uh, stopped working at Valley Fair. But hmm. apparently the boundary between the city of San Jose and the city of Santa Clara runs right through the mall.
2: get yeah, weird, uh, huh?
1: It, yeah, and it's kind of a unique situation. And um, actually these days, I, as I understand it... Um, the minimum wage in San Jose is different than the minimum wage in Santa Clara. Yeah. And there's I think some stores, including I think the gap where the store management actually has to keep track of how much time employees spend on one side of the store versus the other side of the store to calculate what their wages are gonna be, which is
2: kinda crazy when you think of so, it. So like like the city limit literally runs through the store itself. Right, right. It's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. In fact I know you uh uh gave me a link to an NPR podcast about this. And I'll, I'll throw that in the show notes because it's, it's a very unusual listen. Um, right. And that, that does make it kind of a, an interesting aspect of that mall. And I I can only imagine that it's, it's worse now that that mall is growing even more and they're throwing more parking in, and a theater and you yeah, know, the all new, sorts of crazy stuff.
1: I mean, the new, I mean, I hate to sound like an old fogey, the new Valley fair. It's a great place to go. If you want to buy high price shoes or if you want to buy haute couture um, clothing or very expensive jewelry, yeah. if you're interested in like books, toys, music, DVDs, not so much. So it's definitely, I mean, part of it I think is, has to do with the um, uh, the influence of our tech overlords in the um, quote unquote Silicon Valley, and there's so much money floating around, so they're kind of good, aiming towards a higher clientele. I mean, during our childhood and adolescence in the 80s and 90s, Valley Fair shopping mall was actually, I think, by square foot, the highest or one of the highest grossing shopping malls in all of California. Um, And I think even today, it's still pretty much – it's definitely not a dying mall. It's more like it's exploding, which is – it's good, but it's sad because a lot of the old – fixtures and the color schemes Mm -hmm. and the tile work all of that stuff is pretty much gone now so you you can walk through valley fair but it it really doesn't look anything like uh, i remember
2: it looking like Um, yeah it's true uh middle of last year i had some some time to kill i was i was down in san jose for a a car meet one evening after work and i i ran by the mall um literally just to kill time and be in some air conditioning because it was summer And, um, you know, so I spent an hour literally just walking around for a bit. And, yeah, there's parts where I could still kind of get the feel of the old mall, kind of like, you know, where the Eddie Bauer was and uh, various other places that I remember. And then literally 75, 80 percent of the rest of the mall, it's just completely you know you can see like the second generation building on it and now they're they've got you know the third and fourth generation building on top of that right um, Right. and it is it's you know uh any listeners who are in the area and are familiar with Valley fair know what we're talking about and and if not if you do visit san jose and you go to valley fair and you see just how massive uh it is you'll get a feel for it but what before we move on from from Valley Fair, what memories do you have of the Game Gallery? Game
1: Gallery again, another amazing store in Valley Fair. It was a great place to go to buy um, role playing game things mm-hmm. or uh, board games, puzzles. I loved all that stuff. I was never into role playing games, but I loved like the tiny little. Um, figurines I guess yeah. for lack of a better word that yeah. you could buy that you were usually made of I guess lead or some sort of base metal Cuter that you or something could paint like up exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just loved those little things I just thought those were the cutest you know um, no you know, I, totally I, I would. Agree. I would know what are some of do you have any uh, great memories of uh, Game Gallery or I
2: just you know being able to have a place that, that had you know that kind of selection and variety because it's like you could go to a Toys R Us and find some of that stuff Mm -hmm. Um, you know more the board games more the 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 broad appeal stuff Uh and sometimes you could go to like some some smaller bookstores and kind of like find some role-playing games or maybe some of the pewter figurines or something but this was one place that had it all together it was, it was a great little place. It yeah. definitely
1: had a – it was a smaller store, but mm-hmm. they had so much stock and inventory that it was like – it almost felt really cluttered, but in like a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, it's it's crazy because I, I – I'll, I'll be honest with you. I geek out so much about some of these old retail and mall experiences. One of the things I've started doing lately is going on uh, sites like eBay and Amazon mm-hmm. and buying um, – there's lots of old shopping mall – architectural trade publications from the 80s and 90s that have been um, like deaccessioned from public libraries and you can buy them for like almost pennies online and these are like amazing books because they're almost like coffee table books they're hardbound, they're large format and they're literally filled with hundreds upon hundreds of professional color photography of the interior and exterior of malls from the mid-80s to the mid-90s oh and- wow it's, it's almost like – I feel like it's the secret that nobody else has picked up on and started buying these things. And I, I try to buy up as many of them as I can. Getting it on and, the ground floor. Oh, they're so good. Now, before we leave Valley Fair, one last thing I want to yes. do. It would be remiss of me as a brother not to take you to the food court and get you something. So here Ooh. we're going to go to the Valley Fair food okay. court. All right. And I want to get you something. And I want you to be able to choose whatever you want, and I'm going to get it for you. It can be from a, uh, a store, a restaurant you know,
2: a food court operator that doesn't exist anymore. Oh boy.
1: Uh, and I'll pay for
2: it. So what it, do you want? It, it would deal? be so easy just to be like, um, I'm just going to have like a Cinnabon because, you know, I've had dinner and something sweet sounds good right now. Um, yeah. Oh God. I'm trying to remember the stuff that was in the food court back there in the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately really the only thing that comes to mind is Sabaro. I think that's the one thing yeah, what kind that of, was what, there then that is still there now
1: i know right well some good things never change i guess i guess what, what do you, you want pepperoni you want plain cheese what oh plain cheese plain cheese okay i'll, I'll right. get you a plain cheese
2: sounds All good right. man what are you grabbing
1: oh god um what would i you know there was a there definitely was um i don't know if it was mrs fields but there was like one of those cookie places sure um i probably would get a cookie you know, I could yeah. go for a mall cookie right now.
2: They had uh, they had Mrs. Fields. Oh, you know what sounds good? Pretzel. Soft pretzel.
1: Soft pretzel. Soft Dude. pretzel. Always a classic. In
2: Definitely. fact, uh, Amber took the kids to uh, Stone Ridge Mall, which is out here in Pleasanton, uh, today, because for Christmas, they both got uh, quite a few gift cards for Build-A-Bear. Oh, cool. And so they both... Uh, went and made themselves some stuffed animals and got some soft pretzels before coming home so yes soft pretzels sound awesome
1: nice Uh, oh valley fair yep well where should we drive to where should we drive to next what what mall should we go to next
2: uh well should we should we mosey up to cupertino for a little bit sure i love how this is taking on this more theatrical kind of like hey we're actually doing things and we're actually here and we're actually driving i like this
1: oh yeah definitely
2: so, Cupertino was home to, and I suppose is still home to, Valco Shopping Center. Shopping Mall. Valco Mall. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm i kind of hoping that this place is due for a revival rather than a, a flattening. Um, because now it is perched right on the edge of the new ginormous Apple campus. Within a stone's throw. I literally... Like, and you don't even have to throw very hard, and you'll hit it. But unfortunately, growing up, I always remember Valco being kind of a dead and dying mall, even as a kid.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's heyday passed by the time, like, the late 80s, early 90s, I think. Um, and it's it's definitely, I if you go online, there's lots of footage of Valco. Um, there's lots of, here's the thing, there's this whole subculture that I've only recently gotten on board
2: with of videos on YouTube of... "Quote unquote dead and dying malls." Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen these types of things? I, I've seen some of them. I literally, when I searched up Valco on YouTube, like the first six entries were were all exploring this dead mall,
1: right? And which is really kind of fascinating when you think about it, because I kind of salute these people because they're kind of documenting some of these malls before they get torn down or mm-hmm. renovated beyond recognition. So I think that's really cool too. It also has kind of a morbid voyeuristic quality to it there's a guy in baltimore that makes these videos um called the dead mall series his name yeah. is dan bell and yeah. i just eat that stuff up it's really fascinating um and Valco, i definitely think kind of fits that um that quality i think the last time i was at Valco was uh 12 months ago maybe 13 oh, months ago more
2: recently than me
1: yeah and i think the only thing really there was like the movie theater and maybe a restaurant and that's that right. really I forgot that they added them they did add a theater there Right, and there were a couple of, like, the, like, kiosks that were, like, in the middle of the walkway of the mall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, and they were all, like, lit up, but they were all, like, kind of abandoned, like, um, wow. people, like, the like, the little shop owners had gone out of business and um, hadn't really taken the signs down, uh-huh. which, when you, when you compare to, Val- I was at Valley Fair less than a month ago, and at Valley Fair, the kiosks in the middle of the walkway are they selling wigs or jelly bracelets? No, they're selling loose diamonds, yes. <laughs> which kind of gives you an idea of like the, the dichotomy that we're looking at here. Um, but no, I think there's one feature of Valco which you remember really fondly, and it's probably one of its more famous features. The TGI Fridays? <laughs> no, not the TGI Fridays.
2: But the TGI Fridays.
1: <laughs> You're killing me. No, come on. It's, uh, it's a little bridge thing.
2: Oh, yes. The mall itself literally traverses Wolf Road below it.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. There's a bridge you can walk through, and you I think there used to be a restaurant on the bridge, so you could be yes. eating, looking out the window, and seeing the traffic going right under you, which is pretty cool. When
2: which is pretty cool and a little terrifying all at the same time, which is right. what you kind of want from a dining experience. Definitely.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because there is... Um, I did find a video uh, on YouTube from about 1980, and um, part of it is spent, not all of it, but part of it is spent at Valco Mall.
1: Oh, is this, I think I might know, I think I'm familiar with this. I think it's a video perhaps shot by tourists from Japan, maybe?
2: It's kind of what it looks like, because at one point they're standing in front of like some sushi bar in Cupertino somewhere. Being I think like, it look, is about... we found sushi, and we're in California, or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think it is from 1980, and it's just – it's glorious because it's like they film every little last detail, and it's – oh, it's so great. I mean it's almost better than um, the part in the Blues Brothers where the Blues Brothers drive through the interior of them all, and you're oh, kind of Macau, like Muppets. watching the movie, but you're like actually looking at like, oh, look, look at that great old Toys R Us. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. just – it has that same great feeling. I don't know. No, it's
2: totally true, and and it's kind of funny because – you know as i was watching it i mean i had two thoughts one this mall looks empty even now <laughs> in <laughs> 1980 um but at the same time we it's kind of interesting because you know the 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 um kind of the birth of the vhs era in the early 80s you know people would shoot video of just about anything because the simple fact that you could do it was in itself a novelty. And so we now have, you know, this, this archive of people like, oh, well, we're just going to walk around this JCPenney and shoot video. You do that today, you'd get kicked out. Right. You know, right. um, so so to watch it for that aspect is you don't, you know, nobody's really interested in seeing video of walking around at jc today admittedly um but yeah see it an old kind of staticky video from uh from 35 37 years ago and it's actually kind of fascinating
1: right right oh my gosh oh so good so but, hey where yeah. should we uh, where should we drive to next and by the way what are we driving what vehicle are we, dri- are we driving through our mythical uh uh santa Clara valley of the 1980s and 1990s we oh, should well, have a perfect
2: vehicle for this i i I, well i if if we're really going to run with this visual we might as well um i i think it just has to be what we had at that time which was a 1978 ford fairmont station wagon in white with the fake wood panel siding a five liter ford engine in it and uh the red vinyl interior Oh, I'm
1: so glad you picked that vehicle. I'm just so excited, and I loved the seats because it was the kind of thing in the summer you'd sit in the chair or the seat, and it was so hot you would oh, so like painful. literally burn. So oh my
2: painful. gosh!
1: Uh, the, yeah. oh, the,
2: the, the Nelson Mobile. I love it. We've got a. Do Do you have any photos of that old station wagon anywhere? Um, there's
1: definitely.
2: I know. I know the photos exist because obviously we got pictures from growing up camping and stuff, but.
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of them at mom and dad's house. Okay.
2: We need to yeah. we need to we need to raid the, the photo boxes there. Roger that. Um yeah. We'll 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 do an episode on cars or something. I, I I could dive into memories of that car right off the bat, but we're we're talking malls. Let's you know what, let's head back down Stevens Creek Boulevard a little bit. Okay. And swing into good old town and country village.
1: Oh, oh yes yes i loved this place it was an it was a it was an outdoor mall a shopping center it wasn't it was not
2: enclosed no um unfortunately now, to... now let's let's give oh. a point of reference for yes. for for listeners right. what what is today santana row that everybody thinks oh this is hot classy you know destination that was town and country village which i think was far cooler than santana row but I'm i'm biased
1: yeah, Santana Row. It's uh, essentially right across the street from the Valley Fair Mall we were talking about earlier in the program. Santana Row, however, it's it's a it's a relatively it's maybe fifteen years old, I guess. Mm,
0: um, it might
2: it's, even be a little older than that, but not might be much. a little older.
1: Um, it's it's definitely an out. It's not. It is not an enclosed mall. It is an outdoor mall, but it is. I think it's probably the high in terms of. Um, uh, retail, um, income per square foot. I think it's probably one of the highest in the state, if not the country. I mean, it is insane and it occupies, it sits on the very bit of land that had previously been occupied by, um, an 1950s slash 1960s era outdoor shopping center called town and country village, which was the polar opposite of Santana Row in the sense that it was small yes. it was funky it was low school it was it was just awesome it was just so good i mean correct me if i'm wrong but you have some good memories as well right
2: I mean, oh god i've got i've got great memories of town and country village and and yeah it it is it it's it's that kind of place that when you you look at the architecture and and you look at the the era of San Jose and the South Bay that it represents. You don't really see anything quite like that. You know, there's maybe certain aspects of maybe uh older Saratoga that you kind of see these architectural elements in. Uh maybe the Cambrian Park Plaza. Uh, yeah, and its old signage and stuff there you still see. Um I
1: mean I think I think the town of Country Village, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think it was um for lack of a better word, of chain, because I think there's also it a town Country Village in Palo Alto that yes. I think last time I saw it, just a couple of years ago, it looked almost exactly like the one that we grew up with in San Jose. I think.
2: Which you would think in Palo Alto that that, that they would have changed all that much sooner, being Palo Alto. But I oh, I,
1: I don't know. I, I think they might be smarter up there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You um, do a good thing when you see it. Yeah, no, Town town, Country Village, I mean, I I almost feel in some ways that I've got more memories of that than I do of of some of the other places we've talked about, just because um, possibly my favorite bookstore of all time, Books Incorporated, was housed there. Um, And I spent a large portion of my youth going there. And, well, again, obviously buying, you know, doctor who books or even doctor who figures you could get the little pewter figures right uh there which i sadly don't have anymore and then i look at what they cost on ebay and i go damn it why did i keep them (laughs) in fact i I remember picking up at books incorporated amongst other things a um a doctor who role-playing game that was kind of tom baker era at least he and leela were on the on the cover of the box and I'll be honest, I never got actually into role-playing. It was too much math for me to try and work out all these different stats and whatever. I mean, I had friends that were into role-playing. I wasn't. Um, but I really wanted this Doctor Who role-playing game. And, you know, bought it, had it for the longest time. You know, it was a great little bit of resource materials and stuff. It was fun to look at and don't have it anymore. Really? No, don't have any more. I've been, for more than a year now, watching uh, one that keeps kind of cycling through on eBay for about 40 50 bucks. Oh, wow. And next month I'm going to a convention down in L.A., and I know I've seen it down there before. And, I, of course, it's a convention, so they're asking more than it's, than it's worth, thinking somebody's going to be like, Oh, my God, I remember this. i got to have it. Right. But I've seen the figures down there too and I was just like, oh dude. I mean, oh, that's awesome. Ooh, yeah, but no Books Incorporated was great. It was just it was one of those places, you know, you, nowadays you walk into a Barnes Noble or if you remember Borders, walk into a Borders. And things are a bit more coffee shop and you know, neat and orderly. And there was some order to Books Incorporated, but I remember it just kind of being like just books everywhere. Oh, it was
1: great. It, it it looked more like. I mean, um. It was not a used bookstore. No, but no. it had the vibe of a used bookstore in the sense that you could walk in there and there would be piles of things here and there, kind of higgledy piggledy. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that, the, it, I don't think that there was. Sometimes you go to a used bookstore and there will be like a cat or like a, an animal that you can pet. I don't <laughs> think that they had a cat, but it was the kind of place where you wouldn't be surprised if a cat came up to you. Um, I hope that makes sense to our listeners. Um, it makes sense to me. You know, Books, Inc., it, I think if I'm not mistaken, Books, Inc. was um, – it was independently owned, but it was a small – very small chain. It was, in, yeah. There was another the one in
2: Palo Alto if I remember. Right. right,
1: yeah. So even though the one that we grew up with is long gone, I think the company still exists in some form or fashion. And I think that Books, Inc. might be almost at the top of my list now of, if, of um, stores that if I could find old vintage photos of, I probably would – gladly pay more than i should admit on the high paper so to speak to to just kind of recapture some of the flavor um of this place and there was nothing better than going to a bookstore because it was like even though you and i grew up with great parents who would indulge almost every whim you almost kind of felt a little less um uh needy going to a parent and asking for money at the bookstore to get a book
2: oh absolutely Um, i mean we, we it was We've got a thing with our kids where, look, if if they want a book, if they're drawn to a book, yeah, we'll get it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, can I have some book money? And the parents just kind of cough it up. Whereas if I'm like, hey, I need some money for the candy store, I mean, they may kind of look askew at me. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Or, hey, I want yet another Lego set.
1: (laughs) You can never have too many.
2: I know. (laughs) I know. That's so true. Oh,
1: Yeah, I would... I, I think probably of all the places we've talked about tonight... I think BookSync. If I could go to one magically, like with the time machine, and yes. only one, it would BookSync
2: probably would be it for me. I don't I know. Would, if I would. I think I would absolutely. I would. I would jump on board with you. Right. We'd right. Take the way back machine and 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 go hit up BookSync and pray buy a bunch of books that we don't have anymore. Um, and they
1: and they had like magazines too, mm-hmm,
2: and mm-hmm. um, oh, just all sorts of stuff. Little yeah, paperbacks. They, 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 yeah, they totally did. Um, and I you know i remember to to the point of like like the floor wasn't even level in that place cuz i think it occupied a corner spot in one of the buildings
1: it was l-shaped i thought yeah
2: um you know what i think you're right yes it, it was l-shaped you're right it it, it was, must have wrapped around another another store
1: it was l-shaped but it wasn't um uh don't picture very tall bookshelves like a warren or a labyrinth but it was like relatively sh- short bookshelves yeah, so high. you you could yeah you could kind of look around and see everything that was going on mm-hmm. like if you lost your parent you could kind of scan and like see where they were kind of mm-hmm. thing i hope mm-hmm. that kind of paints a better picture in people's minds but
2: yeah oh, it, it, it totally does and yeah i mean book sync is amazing um i also remember i loved going to uh holder's country inn Oh, for my breakfast. God. Right? And and they're still around. I mean, they're not obviously oh, yeah, in that I location, they... but there's a whole chain. Right. I mean, there's still one up Saratoga Avenue.
1: What, what are your memories of that place? I, for me, I remember the huge thing where, like, you'd have these cakes that would rotate yes. in this big glass case. Yes. But they were, like, comically large cakes that, like, I never, ever saw anybody order a slice from them. So I assume they were real. Oh, no. I always they're... kind
2: of hope they are very real you
1: would order a slice so i could see someone like eating a slice of cake that was like 12 inches tall or
2: something i I don't know i have never partaken of a slice in the restaurant if i'd ever had one it's to go
1: (laughs) right because by the time by the
2: time you're done eating it's just like i there's no way i could get three bites off of that thing let's just let's take it home and split it between you know us and the seventh light infantry
1: also because it's so large i mean you almost kind of like you know you don't want to have the public shame of eating like something that large like in front of everybody because you probably would get your face would get all messy or something you know well, which is funny you kind of want to do that in you privacy just...
2: well yeah or yeah. you know you just watch it on the food network or, or travel channel or something and watch somebody else do that <laughs> um you're no, right. Hol- it's so Holder- true. holders was great i mean Hold- holders is that that long standing tradition of you know, kind of that that classic diner fair where you know it could be the late '90s, but the decor is still you know late '70s, early '80s. Um, just, I mean, but it was great too. Go
1: ahead. It 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 definitely had like a feeling like like it was the kind of place where everybody knew your name, but at the same time, it wouldn't be a shock if somebody walked in the door. And just said that they got a ride from Large Marge. <laughs> Does that make? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do like know what you the adventure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It had that kind of like. I mean, you could get a chicken fried steak, you know, or a cup of coffee, something like that. It's the kind of place where you go, like, on a Sunday morning, and there'd Very be a huge so. line. With mind?
2: Very much so, and, and and it would be one of those places where, like, I remember being uh, in in my twenties, um, and and dating Amber and she she lived i mean literally you could walk to the country inn on Saratoga from her apartment and
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know yeah okay we'd pop down there for for breakfast on a Sunday or you know even even after we were uh married and still kind of living in the area and you know we'd go in and we're like oh look at us you know we're all you know feeling all young cuz we're in our you know uh mid to late 20s and you know, going to Country Inn because we just think Country Inn's cool, and it's like, you know, there there is a lot, there are a lot of families who go there, but a lot of times you'd go there at certain times of day. And it's like, all right, hanging out with all the grandparents. All the grandparents are here oh. having dinner because it's three oh. thirty. And
1: <laughs> oh no, yeah, but it's that that's the thing. It's like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I growing up, I mean, we loved. Don't get me wrong, we loved leading at like funky places like Chuck E. Cheese and mm-hmm. playing skee ball, mm-hmm. but we loved just as equally all of the old funky places that primarily catered to senior citizens and I don't know why but I think you and I were like ahead of the curve you know what I mean
2: does it make us hipsters or something
1: well maybe I don't know if it makes us proto hipsters or like proto senior citizens I don't know but I mean all <laughs> I know is like like comfort food was where it was at
2: where it is well, at. that 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 is for sure I mean I think there's a longstanding tradition just in our family in general that food equals comfort period oh my gosh end. right right uh, it's something stressing you out dude time to eat Oh my goodness! I'm I'm having some anxiety. I need a bucket of mashed potatoes, right?
0: <laughs> totally. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, I mean, it, Holders is at least one of those places that I'm glad is still around, and there's, you know, I I, I feel like there's not as many places like that. There, there's a couple places here in Livermore that I would say are kind of on that par mm-hmm. um, of a Holders, but you know, going like at Christmas time going down to see you and the folks and then driving up to see Amber's folks. when so, I mean, we passed that particular country in and I'm like, I like that place. I know that place yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and it, interestingly enough, speaking of Town and Country Village, I did, and I think I may still have a bookmark, so I'll try to toss it in the show notes. There's, um, I did find a video from, I think it was 1965. So mm-hmm. it's all like eight millimeter, um I don't even think there's even any sound, um, but somebody at that time put together like a really neat kind of tour of the South Bay okay um, and a little bit up the peninsula, like they go to um Stanford and stuff too, and like they've got title cards in between the different things, so it's like, okay, here's driving down the Alameda. Here's oh, nice. First Street. You know, here's this, here's that. And there's I mean there's part there's even part where they're up at um well, it, it's NASA Ames today, you know, Moffat Field. Um but it was it was still a naval air station at that time. Um so they've they've got footage of that. They've got footage of town and country village, they've and they've got footage of Valley Fair. Oh, that's wonderful at that time too. It's it's really it's a long watch, but it's really kind of fascinating. So it doesn't quite fit, you know, the era that, that we were experiencing it, but looking at certain parts of it, it really hadn't changed much from nineteen sixty five to say nineteen eighty five. Um does it,
1: does it ever drive you crazy thinking that like the footage of the things from our era that we grew up with that we can't see anymore might be just on like in somebody's random VHS case in some random house yeah in, in San Jose doesn't that just that dri- that's a thought that drives me cr- like I'll wake up at 2 in the morning and like I'll just that thought will
2: drive me crazy I if I wake up at 2 in the morning I, I pretty much fall back to sleep pretty quickly <laughs> I'll be honest I'll be honest but I also know that I've got to be up 3 hours after that because my kids will start waking up um <laughs> Well, that but that that's why I'm glad that some people make the effort to get their like home movies and stuff converted, like 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 what we did. I'm actually looking at the little stack of DVDs right now.
0: Right.
2: Um, so a lot of that stuff that we had growing up, um, you know, trips to to Kelly Park and uh, you know all sorts of stuff like that. I'm I'm glad that we've got it. Me too. Me too. Um. Now. I think there's one more mall that we should at least mention. Okay.
0: Um,
2: And it only occurred to me kind of after we started the show tonight. And um, unfortunately I don't remember exactly what year it opened. So it may technically not even count, but I think it's at least worth mentioning the great mall up in Milvitas.
1: Oh, the great mall. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a place I would go hang out more at like maybe during high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like mid, Mid to late '90s, I guess. Right. You
2: you graduated in '97, if I'm right. '97. Yeah.
1: What what are some of your memories of the Great Mall? I,
2: you know, I mean, I remember, I I remember when it opened. I remember when it was this, you know, amazing thing. Oh my, here's this ginormous mall that you know we we built out of a rundown, you know, Ford car factory. Right. Um. And here, come check it out. We've actually, you know, parked some vintage Fords inside. Um, but there, there's there was nothing I remember being there at the time when it first opened that I was like, Oh my God, this is an amazing store. Or, Oh my God, this is, uh, so neat to have this niche, uh, uh, shop here. It was, you know, it was all the, it was all the big stuff. It was, you know, your old Navy and, um, whatever, you know, the the popular music and DVD chain was at the time, Suncoast or something. And um, it, it it was all stuff that was, I think, to, designed to, um, you know, reach the, the greatest number of people. Oh, I'm familiar with this brand or I'm familiar with this chain. And now I can go okay. to this one here. I don't have really strong... Memories of it being uh, a place where I was like, oh my god, I have to go here because it's got this one particularly cool shop. What about you?
1: Yeah, Great Mall, Great Mall of uh, the Bay Area in Milpitas. It definitely was more of a a blue collar mall. I think Town or Country Village, Valley Fair, that was more white collar. Um, I I mean, I would go to the Great Mall to maybe see a film. It was definitely a great place to go um, if you wanted to, like, let's say, buy a pet. Um, a uh, hermit crab, but the shell that the hermit crab lived in was um, painted in some sort of garish color, or like in the color of your favorite professional sports team.
2: There is a uh, bit of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean Valley Fair. I would love to go to Valley Fair to like people watch or maybe like hit on girls.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: like Great Mall of Milpitas was the kind of place where it was like you get in, you get your business done, and you go home before you're like you know accosted. Maybe I don't know. That well, was just I,
2: I, I, I don't I don't think that. You would get accosted. I, I, I don't have that kind of, you know, uh, mental image of that mall. Because, I mean, I've, I work, I mean, spitting distance from the Great Mall. Um, and that place would, is not... I would spit on the Great Mall. Well, I would okay, I wouldn't spit mall. on the Great Mall. That's uh, fair. Um, right. Now, growing up, if you had said, hey, let's run down to Eastridge or Oak Ridge, you know, if you're going down to the south side of San Jose or the east side of San Jose, at least... At the time when we were growing up, I'd be like, you know, no. And I, I probably shouldn't wear red, or I probably shouldn't wear blue, or. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's just not yeah. go.
1: Yeah, you know, that's interesting that you mentioned that because the Great Mall, I don't think it had any really big anchor stores like a Macy's or a Sears, but I think just in the past couple of days, they just announced that Oak, uh, um, Oak Ridge Mall in San Jose, their Sears
2: one of their anchor stores is actually right about to close. Um, I think I remember seeing that headline. I didn't read the article, but that rings a bell.
1: I mean, a lot of... uh, there was just announced a whole bunch of more closings of, like, Sears and Kmarts, which, by the way, I was... When I saw that headline, I think the closest Kmart to me is in Stockton, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I was actually really tempted to just drive to Kmart. I probably haven't been to a Kmart in 20 years um, and haven't had no interest to go to Kmart, which is probably why they're all closing, but at the same time... (laughs) Like the thought that I could never ever again go to a Kmart and maybe get an icy just made me really nostalgic and like felt um, like I should go to the Kmart. No, you know? I,
2: I get that. I totally get that. Um, right. Uh, Kmart also has this this thing with uh, Hot Wheels. Well, they'll they'll have Kmart days and they literally you know they have certain like exclusive Hot Wheels releases that'll get dropped at Kmart's first.
1: See, that's cool. That's a um, cool thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I totally get the icy thing. I'm, I'm kind of still stoked that our local Rite Aid here in town has a thrifty ice cream counter. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I don't really have you know, any, at least young recollections of eastridge or oak ridge which you know it's it's worth mentioning those are other malls in the san jose area but they weren't in areas of town that we frequented so
1: well it wasn't it wasn't the neighborhood that we grew up in really. no so it wasn't it was, and and yeah. valley
2: fair admittedly was you know what just barely more than a mile from where we grew up so it was very close we could ride our bikes there easily
1: oh i i rode my bikes all the time when i was working there totally well
2: yeah oh my gosh
1: Oh, the mall. I know. So great. People (laughs) watching, eating great
2: food, getting a cool book or a DVD. Oh, my gosh. Let's be honest, a cassette tape or a VHS.
1: Oh, my gosh. I would want to buy a cassette tape so much. What cassette tape do you want to – you know what cassette tape I want to buy? I want to buy the self-same cassette tape that I had when I was a little kid, and it was the soundtrack to the TV show Moodlining. and I would go into the car like – in the driveway and just put it in like the player like the stereo in the car and like listen to like it and just like rock
2: out some walk by oh my gosh oh, i don't want to buy that right now Al green dude right i'm sure you could find it oh my goodness i'm sure you could find it oh um yeah boy i what tape i, I still have some of my favorite tapes i know you still, I still have never tapes, got I rid of me.
1: them yeah i know You're you
2: know um and and some of them are are ones that are just you know mixes that I made. But I mean I've got I've got one. Um, oh gosh, there was a a surf movie that O'Neill put out in 1990 called Ozone: Noise of the Subculture. <laughs> um, that's that's and, a great and, title. Oh, and and the artwork for it is. So, so just quintessentially yes. late 80s early 90s lots of neons and pastels and I love um, it already Oh it's fantastic and I I remember buying the VHS okay. like at the surf shop at O'Neills in Santa Cruz I still own it it's in my closet right now Oh okay I happen to be at if memory serves but it was at the warehouse across the street from valley fair Mm -hmm. um and i not the men's warehouse not the men's warehouse no yeah yeah.
1: that's right
2: (laughs) Is is the men's warehouse even still there
1: I you know it's such a regional store. I don't even know if people listening to this like not in like northern California would get that joke. But uh,
2: you know what? They'll they'll get it. It's the men's warehouse. It. Um, right. no, the warehouse, the music, the music store, the warehouse. Yes. The um, it's I like remember. But better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because yeah, they, they had they had movies and stuff too, and uh, um, but I remember being there and just by chance found one single solitary copy of the soundtrack to that movie um why it was in a place that is you know better known for stuff other than that is beyond me but it was there and i was like i lost my mind i had to have it you know so i dropped the you know the 10 bucks for a cassette at the time and um subsisted on those for a very long time and uh only maybe in the past 10 years or so Went, you know what? I wonder if that soundtrack ever came out on CD because really the effort of taking a cassette to MP3, it's just, it's not going to sound super clear. It'll sound okay, but not great. And sure Sure. enough, found the CD copy of it on like eBay or something and bought it. So I still own all three of those. And a while back now, probably a little bit more than a year, maybe 18 months now, I actually found on eBay um a promotional poster for it Mm -hmm. um that was that was in good nick and it survived you know the the almost now 30 years since its release and it was only 18 bucks and i was like dude i should buy that i should really really buy that did you get it i didn't buy it no no i didn't I didn't, I don't quite have the, the liquid income to just buy every random thing I see off eBay or else I'd be in a lot of trouble right now. That's um, true. I, I really wanted to, cause part of me was like, well, shoot, I, I have so many other things. It would be great to just have this like batch collection of all this kind of stuff. In fact, I really would like to find a way to convert that VHS to DVD cause there's, there is no DVD copy. Of oh, that wow. movie, and all I've oh, ever been able to find on, say, YouTube, is like, "Oh, here's the intro and outro credits, but nothing else." Oh wow! Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 one of those things that, yeah, you want to talk about, you know, cassettes. That it's like, you know, here's one that I I always will hang on to and cherish and, and enjoy. It's that.
1: I just love the big racks that audio cassette tapes would be sold in. Oh. If you remember. Where yes. you would like see the lack of the better word at the spine of the plastic cassette case? Yes.
2: Oh, jeez. Well, do you remember? I mean, do you remember in our bedroom? Because, ladies and gentlemen, we shared a bedroom. Um, when I, because I was really into music. I don't remember if you were as into music as I was. I was. In, like... I
1: was. I was like into soundtracks. I wasn't into music. I didn't like find music. I didn't get in touch with like music until.
2: Like the early 2000s when I found, yeah. started getting into music. But anyway, go ahead. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll do a music episode. But oh, yeah. I mean, do you remember like these stacks? Like I, you'd get those, like the carrying cases for your cassettes. And oh, here's one. Oh, it'll hold 40 cassettes. And it's <laughs> like the size of a microwave. Oh, that's um, wonderful. And, and I would just, I'd have them like, you know, out of the foam cases. And I, I'd have them just, you know, stacked up on my nightstand because I just wanted access to all my music
1: oh yeah oh yeah i think we probably have some old photos of the bedroom where you could probably see those probably yeah somewhere
2: yeah. and all the other random stuff we had on the walls uh-huh. other than us drawing on the walls but oh, that's my a story gosh. for another time right right uh, oh well the yeah the mall something something to love and speaking of that Seb. yes what's our what's our topic coming up for february
1: well, I'm really hoping that we can do a Valentine's Day episode and we can talk about some of our biggest crushes in terms of pop culture, be it Soleil Moonfry, or be it like a cartoon character. What do you think about
2: that? How do you I, feel about I that? am so down for that. I think that oh, is the, the perfect way to put our spin uh, on Valentine's Day and, and look back at some of the many, 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 many many crushes we may have had during that era.
1: I'm sure you did. I had plenty of crushes uh, on different cartoon characters mm -hmm, and TV show people and mm -hmm. the male lady. And, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the best episode ever.
2: For what it's worth, I have zero recollections of the male lady. But, okay.
1: Oh, no. Uh, She was the best.
2: Okay. I will take your word for it. Um, Yeah. I've got a feeling this this will have to – We'll have to zip through them because I think we'll have plenty to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, this yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed <laughs> episode,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Well, is there anything else we want to mention before we wrap it up tonight?
1: Well, I just wanted to say I know you give a little shout-out about our social media presence. Yes. I really want to say that um, I was really excited to join Twitter for the first time as a part of this podcast project. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had to choose a name for my Twitter account, I thought Clan McMuffin would be great because I eat. Egg McBuffin's probably more than the average human should. So I feel like I, um, ge- you know, even though genetically I'm not a member of the clan McMuffin, like I kind of honorarily should be a member. But when I announced the name of my Twitter feed handle thing to all of my coworkers at work and friends, mm-hmm. I thought everybody would think I was so clever. But because of my notoriously bad pronunciation, everybody thought I was saying clam McMuffins, like the <laughs> shellfish. God. And everybody would like recoil in horror when I would say this, and they, they were like, you know, mcmuffins disgusting enough. Why would you want one made of clams? Oh. You know, and it was like, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you do try to follow me on Twitter dot com, uh, it's Clan McMuffin, not clam McMuffin. So yeah. I just wanted to put that
2: out there. But uh... think, think Scottish tartans and uh, 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 coats of arms.
1: Yeah, exactly. Not so much like clamato or something. Oh God, clam- <laughs>
2: God. so grossed out now, dude. <laughs> Well, speaking of all of that, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter uh, at Memory Serves Pod. Uh, I did just actually finally start the Facebook page today. Um, I have since killed our Instagram page because, frankly, I can't keep up on everything between two podcasts. So we're sticking with Facebook and Twitter. Memory Serves Pod, go give us a like and a follow there. You can follow me on Twitter at Apex Buddha, and you can follow Seb on Twitter, just like you said at.
1: Plan
2: McMuffin. All right, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search up if memory serves. Please rate and review us as well. We always love the higher ratings, but whatever we deserve, go ahead and give it to us. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shout that down. Also, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloudcom N-O-T-L-G, and you'll find us and all the other great podcasts that Night of the Living Geeks <laughs> present there as my cat jumps off the kitchen counter. I'm going to go squirt him with water here in a second. Make sure to check out all the podcasts. Uh, not just at soundcloud.com uh, slash the N-O-T-L-G, but go to notlg.com. Uh, check us out. There's a whole community there uh, for stuff related to all the different podcasts we have on the network. And if you like what we're doing and you want to help support us because, well, we may do this for no money, but hosting it and Putting it all out there does cost a little bit. Patreon.com slash NOTLG. would appreciate it if you check that out. We also want to give a big shout out to Betonal Landscape, who does our intro and outro music. That's the song Blitz. You can check them out on Twitter at Betonal underscore lands. Like them on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash Uh Check them out on Bandcamp. They're also on Spotify and SoundCloud as well. And with that, we will wrap up our trip to the mall. I got some bags to carry in now, and, um, and there might be some Cinnabon in there for the rest of the family. Seb, thank you so much. I love you, dude.
1: Thank you, man. I love it, too.
2: And we will talk to you guys next month. See ya. Bye-bye. haven't listened to the other podcast I'm on, go check out Podcastica, where we talk about Doctor Who. It's a great show, folks. Thank you.
0: This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NLTLG.com.